0: Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Romans chapter 3, verses 27 through 31. Now let's think about where we've been so far with the book of Romans. We've had the introduction by the Apostle Paul. We talked about how Paul wants the church at Rome to be his launching point for Western mission, eventually to go to Gaul and take the gospel into what we would call Western Europe today. We look at the problem with paganism, worshiping idols, how that misshapes a person. We looked at how the Jews weren't much better, that all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's where we are today in chapter three. There's a level playing field. There's no need to boast in anything because all of us are sinners in need of a Savior. Now, let's get some things kind of squared away. As Paul uses some language that people tend to get confused. And a lot of this, the water has been muddy, there's been a lot of discussion, but let's just talk about what Paul is saying specifically with certain words. Because a lot of times these terms become hijacked. And well-meaning religious people do not use them in the way Paul is using them. So let's be strict in how Paul uses certain terms. So let's go back and review really quick works of the law. Typically with Paul, these would be external works of Judaism, of the law of Moses, that kind of mark you as inside the club. And I have given you three that are pretty prominent. Circumcision, kosher diet, in certain holy days mark you out as being part of the in club so those would be external works of the law there's also the idea of the righteousness of god and people get really confused about this the righteousness of god usually means one thing specifically if you look at intertestament judaism the time between the testaments the old and new testament if you look at how paul uses this term the righteousness of god means God's dealing with his covenants, God's faithfulness in his covenant making. So if God makes a covenant and God says he's going to do something, God will do it every time. Even if we're faithless, God will be faithful. So God's faithfulness to the covenant and his covenant promises will be God's righteous dealings with people. So that's typically what is meant by the righteousness of God. So when you hear these terms, try to hear it with that in the background. And the other one that really throws people for a loop is justification by faith. Justification, if you look at people like N.T. Wright, Alistair McGrath, and others who have studied these terms, McGrath has a majestic study on, matter of fact, he has the magisterial study on the word justification. The fourth edition just came out not long ago, but McGrath and Wright and others would tell you that justification in the way Paul used it, he typically meant Uh, you would have a a law court scene, a Jewish law court. You would have a plaintiff. You would have uh, the accused and you would have the judge. There'd be no jury. And when the person that was being accused was acquitted, he was declared righteous. He was declared justified. So there's this status, this pronouncement, and that is all justification is. Now, in our current day and time, people have used the word justification to include all of salvation. That would be a wrong way to use that term the way Paul uses it. And if you use it that way, you're going to run into trouble with other places in the book of Romans. So I'm just trying to, like we said in these podcasts, give you some handles in handling this interpretation of this book. So remember, God's righteousness is God's faithfulness to the covenant. Our justification means we have been declared right before God, our status before God, not because of anything good about us. God has declared us righteous in Christ, in the victory of Jesus. So Jesus was my substitute. In Christ, I've been declared with the status justified before God. If you keep those straight, that'll help a little bit as you work through. Work to the law, righteousness of God, and our justification. Those things will help you kind of sift through the book of Romans. So let's get to our reading now with those things in your mind as you hear Paul here in Romans three twenty seven through verse thirty one. This is the English Standard Version. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law, or is the God of the Jews, or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith? Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Notice in verse 31, you've heard this earlier. We talked about it with Devin. By no means. That's a very strong term in the Greek. So let's go back and look at verse 27. He's talking about boasting. In Scripture, you're going to notice... We are called to have a humble heart. There is no place for boasting in the life of a Christian. So this is, once again, this dialogue that's taking place, this diatribe. And Paul is talking to this mythical person. We don't know who this is that he has in mind here. There's a lot of debate. Is he still talking to his Jewish interlocutor? We, we're not sure. But he says, look, there's no place for boasting. I mean, what are you going to boast about? Because you are being saved by grace. There's no room for you to boast about your own works. Now, verse 27 throws people for a loop, and it is very difficult, I'm going to tell you, because Paul talks about by what kind of law, by a law of works or by a law of faith. I'm going to give you my opinion, and this is coming from reading commentaries and listening to people that study Paul and his theology. What I believe he means by these two different phrases is, there's two ways to respond to the law of Moses. You can respond to the law of Moses by works. Remember, works of the law, external works. I'm just going to have these badges, almost like sacraments, so to speak, these just external things, and somehow that makes me right with God. Or the proper way to respond to the law would be through faith. God has always wanted faith from his people. That's, that Faith has always been the way. Faith is not some new thing that the New Testament invented. So to respond in God in faith, to trust in his promises and align your life. I mean, think about it. Abraham was justified by faith. And that's what he's going to get to in the next chapter because he put his faith and trust in God's promises. So what I believe here is being contrasted is two ways. A way of works, which you could boast about, or putting your faith in God, realizing you need His grace every step of the way. I think that's what verse 27 is talking about. Verse 28, we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. This is where Luther adds his famous faith alone. Martin Luther would would add alone to this. Actually, alone is not found in the original language. Luther was not the first to do this, by the way. Thomas Aquinas did this well before Luther ever did it. But for we hold that one is justified by faith, apart from the works of the law. Remember, justification by faith is being declared right by God. It's being ruled in your favor. Because of Jesus, God rules in your favor. He is your champion. He wins the victory for you. And that's good news. So then he gets to, is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles? Of course, he's the God of all people. And we're all going to be saved the same way. And he's going to really drive this home in the next chapter, The way all people will be saved is faith. The badge of being in or being out is not circumcision, it's faith. And that's why he's going to pull Abraham into the argument because he's going to say, look, Abraham is your father. But Abraham was justified by faith well before circumcision even existed. So all Jew and Gentile will be justified by faith. That's going to be the badge. That's going to be the identifying marker. Now in verse 31, another very controversial verse. Probably shouldn't say say controversial, that's a little bit strong, but it gives people some pause and a little bit of debate. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So what does Paul mean by uphold the law? Let me give you four possibilities, what he means by upholding the law. The law gives testimony to the gospel. As he says in chapter 4, that's one possibility. The law testifies to the gospel. So by being believers in Jesus and having faith, you uphold the purpose of the law, if that makes sense. That that deals well with Galatians where it says the law is a tutor to lead us to Christ. It takes you right to Jesus. That's the one I, I'll just go in and show my cards. That's the one I think is best uh, to, to make sense of it. The second one is to bring your conviction of sin to the table. So the law is like this giant spotlight on your sin and that is true to some extent because in chapter 3 19 through 20 you're going to see that the law just shines a huge spotlight on your sin. It's also some would say a third option is the guidance for the Christian life. You look at chapter 13 verses 8 through 10 you get this out of the law uh, gives us the way of living. People would look at it and say okay a lot of the, the moral law of the Old Testament is brought forward to the New Covenant. So much of the to way to live your life, you know, sexual purity, those kinds of things, murder, respect for life, respect for property, all those are brought forward into the New Covenant and even intensified to some extent. The fourth option would be it, it reveals God's holiness, as we see in Romans chapter 8, verse 4. All four of those options have their strengths. I really think, and it could be all of them at the same time, But I think the first option, that it's a testimony to the gospel, that the law leads us to Jesus Christ. I think that's your best option when you really think about it. But the other ones have their validity too. So what do we learn from this passage today? We learn that all people, the, the marker for everyone to be justified, will be faith. Trusting in the promises of God, humbly. Trusting in God, which excludes all boasting. There is no place in the Christian life for boasting whatsoever. I hope chapter 3 makes sense to you now as you're reading through this with us. My hope is we take a very difficult book and, and make it easy to understand. Well, I hope today's reading has encouraged you. I hope it's built your faith. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you're not worshiping online with anybody, we'd invite you to worship with Westgate. We're preaching through Romans 8 right now, and we would love to have you as we talk about suffering this Sunday, the problem of pain and suffering, and what Romans 8 tells us about suffering in Christ. So if you have no one to worship with, we invite you to tune in and watch our YouTube channel, Westgate Church Across. If you're already watching or listening to this podcast, you probably have already checked out our website, but it's wcc.church. Uh, You can go there and you can find our YouTube channel and watch our service on Sunday. I look forward to seeing you back on Monday. God bless and have a great weekend.